MK. All right. Welcome in to Off the Cuff Sports. Sorry about the layoff. Uh, one of us had an emergency, then another one got COVID. Uh, rough couple weeks. Uh, but with that, we'll get into it. Start with, as we always do, with the team in distress. Okay, so I have an interesting one. Um, it's not that they're doing that, but the Milwaukee Bucks, um, they're in a position where they were contenders in the East going into the trade deadline. They didn't do anything and they come out of it where they are no longer, in my opinion, in the running. Um, you have two teams with the Nets and the 76ers who both got better. Granted, uh, the Nets got significantly better, in my opinion, but those are two teams that easily should beat the Bucks going forward. And now you're wasting away Giannis's prime years because you didn't pull the trigger and get players. Um, so I just think they're in a bad situation going forward. That's all. I'm not too worried about them. Um, unless James Harden was faking his hamstring injury um, and playing that off just so he can get traded. Um, and Ben Simmons was keeping it, you know, basketball shape while he was not doing anything. Um, and Kyrie all of a sudden gets vaccinated and can play all the games. I'm not, because um, I mean, if it ends up being like, like if, if the Nets make it to the, to the championship and they got to play San Francisco, he can't play a single game. So, I mean, I'm not, and he can't play half of their, their postseason games anyway. So I don't, I'm not too worried about that aspect there. Um, unless we think Seth Curry's actually going to make that big of a difference. I mean, for the bench, that's, that's huge. For the, yeah, but, but he, but he can't, he can't replace Kyrie. He's not supposed to. Well, um, somebody has that's, to. That's, somebody that's has Ben to. Simmons. That's, Okay, so the Nets have plenty of shooting, right? They have the scoring ability. What they lacked as a team is defense and rebounders. And what did they get out of, um, what's his name? Andre Drummond and Ben and Ben Simmons. That is Andre Drummond's only job at this point is to rebound. And he may put back some shots. Ben Simmons because you have scoring just pass the ball and play defense and those that alone should help the nets um and then add to it you have seth curry who at least for right now can take the place of um what's his name the guy that's hurt i can't think of his name the white guy shooter um but you have seth curry to take his place until he gets back and that's just you know, when he gets back healthy, that's one other, you know, perimeter threat. So the team, even without Kyrie playing, is still like top notch. It's just, you know, whether or not Kyrie's going to play. 
What's your take on this solo? Um, I still think they suck. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, because even after this year, Kyrie's going anyway. I don't see him staying uh, because the, the what's his name? The COVID mandate's not going to go anywhere, and Brooklyn's not going to pay him or sign him to an extension for him to pay. I mean, for him to play half of the season, it just doesn't make sense. So. Uh, I kind of think that you've kind of solidified that your new big two is going to be Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons. And so you got two prima donnas who don't work well with each other to be the co-stars with one another. Uh, I just think that that screams disaster no matter how well you know, whichever way you mix it up. So I, I still think that the only people that won the trade deadline was the 76ers. Do you have a team in distress, Solo? The Lakers. They suck. Mm, yeah. Mine is uh, Michaela Schifron, uh, the Olympic skier. She's got, she, she DQ'd herself from her first two races and then came in, I believe, ninth in her, uh, in the last event she was in. Um, and it's not entirely her fault. Uh, we usually use this to, to crack on people, but she she lost her her father uh, a couple of years ago, who was her actually her coach, um, and you know she pretty much spent every day with him. So understandable why she's kind of in a funk um, coming to these Olympics. Uh, respect that she actually has the the strength and courage to go out there and actually compete, knowing what type of state she is in mentally. Because um, I don't know, considering what type of state she actually is in, I don't know if I could go out there and try to compete on the Olympic stage. Uh, but we'll move on to, uh, you know, we want to talk a little bit more about the trades. Um, we did not, we talked about the big trade, the, the blockbuster trade. Um, what do we think? As far as the 76ers, how this, how did this change their trajectory? Um, how much beneficial was this to them, considering how much they gave up to get uh, James Harden? And I think I got somebody else doing the trade. Who do they? Did they get somebody else with James Harden? So they got Paul Millsap. Oh, Paul Millsap. Back. Yeah. But um, to me. The Sixers basically exchanged Seth Curry for James Harden. Yeah. And that's that's huge because it's not like they've been doing that. They've been right on the border of a top four team in the in the East. So you know. Is is this gonna be the trade that takes this team to what people in the media have been expecting of them for the past five years now? It should. I, it, I mean, in all honesty, let's be real. In all honesty, they should. As much as ever, nobody wants to say it, Seth Curry is 100% expendable. He's very replaceable. He's a, he's a good shooter. A great shooter, even. But he's not like a, a shooter that can't be replaced by somebody that's a dime a dozen in the NBA. Uh, what you did get is you finally got a duo 
that can that can raise the level of play of your best player. Um, because they both now both of your players don't live in the uh, best players don't live in the paint and you actually have floor spacing for Joel and B to go one on one. So if they double down on them, James Harden gets wide open three. Um and that's what they've been missing because you know Ben Simmons, I mean head my infant child has a better chance of hitting the three than Ben Simmons does apparently. So uh I, I don't see where uh it's actually bad. Uh where they got worse. The team that obviously got worse to me is Brooklyn. You already had shooters. I mean, Patty Mills and Seth Curry, in my opinion, kind of cancel each other out. So, I mean, it's like, okay, so what did you gain? You gained a guy, another guy that can't shoot the ball for arguably one of the best shooting guards, if not the best shooting guard in the league right now. So I just I, I don't see how it makes sense other than the fact that he didn't want to play there. And, and that's my only thing with 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 James Harden is how long is he gonna be happy in Philly? Because it, well, they have Philly they have Philly cheese steaks, and every strip club has given this in Philadelphia has given this man like a VIP room. So I mean, he can at least enjoy himself for the next three years that's, that's a decent little window okay three-year window if they can't make it work in these three years they're not going to make it work anyway so exactly especially with james Harden's age at this point i mean i, I mean he's kind of got to do something in the next five years really if or he's not going to really do anything at all well the the only argument about the, the whole age argument now is like it's it's a different type of league where uh, his style of play is kind of ageless because he doesn't really use his speed or any like type of athleticism to get his shots off. It's all skill based. I mean, I think that if you were talking about Russell Westbrook, like that's 100% factual. I mean, I'm not even trying to be like mean, but I mean, that's serious. I mean, you but are. Somebody, you know. Yeah, I am. But, uh, but when it comes to James Harden, I mean, the bulk of his shots from his career have come from the free throw line. How does he get to the free throw line? It's not by being faster than anybody. It's just about being more crafty. And, like, you don't really lose that in old age. I mean, you may be slower, but, I mean, his game isn't really predicated on speed. So I think right. that he's fine for the next seven, in all honesty. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying playing at a top-tier level. plays for a top-tier level for the next four and then he's serviceable, if not, you know, still almost all-star level for the next I mean, that, seven to eight. I, I think being seven to eight all-star level is a stretch. I'm saying has him being the guy, I'm thinking, and winning as the guy, I think he's got five years. I think that's, I mean, I, I father time I don't think he's, he's, I don't. I don't think he's the guy. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's all predicated on how Joel plays in. Now that's a different story. Now Joel, his window is shorter than five years. I can care less what anybody says. It's like you can't be that big and that injury prone and everything work out perfectly. So now, if you're talking about Joel, the window is three, like max, max before he starts breaking down and he can't do what he does because he plays. He's got skill, more skill than Shaq, but like. That he makes the bulk of his points by playing bully ball, like that's that's but his game. Here's the thing, though, with Harden, 
I feel like he's already on his decline. You saw with the new rule change with um, how fouls are called. Harden is not drawing the fouls that he used to draw, and he's not in the shape, at least currently, or what we saw in Brooklyn, to consistently be driving to the basket, even to get those fouls. So you've seen his production drop off already. You've seen him kind of slow down and, and stick with the step back jumpers. I don't see him maintaining that level three years down the road and it's, it's already decreasing. So, you know, it's, it's only going to get worse for him. Was it decreasing because of his age or in, in his skill, in his shape? Or was it decreasing because, like, I mean, obviously he was unhappy in Houston. And then me personally, like, even before I understand the rule change, I think that is a real big part of it. But even after the rule change, the man was still averaging mid-20s when he was happy. Like I said, when he was happy. Sorry, not mid-20s, low-20s, when he was happy. Like right at 21.8. But now, like I said, coming all these news clippings coming out talking about him and KD and Kyrie beefing because of like how they wanted to all run the team three separate ways. I think that that's Harden's checkout. Just like Kyrie's checkout. Kyrie's checkout is to, like I said, he's going to still play well, but at the end of the day, he's going to be selfish and divide a locker room. James Harden doesn't do that. He just shuts down and he doesn't play hard. And that we will find out with the 76ers, unless yes, he complains, <laughs> complains there too, but you know. And that's my thing. How long is he going to, you know, how, how long is he going to be, you know, happy to be there? Like you almost got to figure out how to way to win it this year with them, and you know before because I mean, I, 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 as as you know, wishy washy as he is, I doubt that he 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 get tired of being there in you know six months. But think about all the different um, core units that Harden's been a part of and how little success he's had. Like you go back to OKC, granted he wasn't a starter, but you know, he had Russ, KD, go to Houston. Um, he has a Dwight Howard, granted Dwight was injured, but you know, moving moving forward, you know, you have Russ again, you have, uh, what's his name? Chris Ooh. Paul. Uh, and they else? were one. They were they were they were one win away from going to the NBA Finals. Dang. It's like I, I I don't know. I don't know. We're not like what we're not going to do is like we're not going to bash the guy. The guy's had success. I mean, he's not a top seventy-five player of all time. Like for no reason. Like he's good. Like I, I honestly think that we're falling love, falling prey to what Lamoris calls recency bias. Case in point, you got on to me when I said Jamal Murray back in 2020 was a top 10 point guard in the league. And you were like, that's recency bias. Okay. If that was the case, I'm calling recency bias right now. There's I've no never talked to you about Jamal Murray, but okay. Yes, you did. Oh my, you're lying. Jamal Murray. Bro, we did not talk about Jamal. Yes, Murray. we did. But anyway, pull up the clips. But anyway, pull up the clips. 
Because I mean, me, you no, that's because you told me that Jamal Murray was not what well, I said that Jamal Murray was better than Russell Westbrook, and you were like, Nick, you, the you, conversation, you, hold you, up, the conversation. Terrible. There's no freaking when, way. When we had that conversation about what Russ was at that point, it was about Lamelo Ball. Go back and pull yeah, those and tapes. It was Jamal not. Jam- it was not about Jamal Murray. Yes, Lamar. JT Moon. He's going to lie. He's lying. So, He's so lying. Like, so He's every lying. other time, every other time, I pull the clip and play it for you over the phone. Was I not telling facts? Hey, I don't care. I don't give a damn what you pull up. I'm talking about right now. That's the past. Okay. I'm in the okay. present. You the one that yeah, brought yeah. up the past. What are you? <laughs> I'm in the present bringing up the past and I did it first, so I don't want to hit it. Okay? Don't be trying to use my shit against me. Hey, son, come here, baby. Hey, boy. Take your bottom. Your uncle getting on my damn nerves again. What else, please? Jesus. Uh, let's move on to another trade. Both of them. Uh, one that kind of surprised me, maybe just because I'm not paying attention. Uh, but Porzingis to the Wizards. Um, when they were talking about Luca and Porzingis being the, you know, the next big two um, for the next, you know, decade or so in the league. Uh, I, I don't think you could call it a big two when they haven't had success and it's been, what, three well, years? Well, that was the, that was, that was the, that was the thought, the process. thought process. Yeah. But uh, it was time for him to move on. I, I can't. I mean, I don't understand what the Wizards are doing, but you know, I don't, I get what the Mavs are doing. I, the Wizards are real deal building like legit, and at least in my eyes, they're building a contender in the East. They really are. Like if Porzingis goes back to being what he was, because now he will be the number one option. Like, I understand it's Bradley Bill's team, but like, Bradley Bill isn't like Luka. I mean, Bradley Bill's just a pure score and he won't be at the point guard position. So like, if they will use each other wisely, um, I think that that's a match made in heaven, in my opinion, my opinion. And also, Porzingis has to be willing to actually score points in the paint. You can't be a seven footer, a seven foot wing player not named Kevin Durant. Do you think this team can make a run now? I mean, when I say a run, maybe the second round of the, the playoffs. Yeah. No, I think they can make the playoffs, though. I, I think making the playoffs is their ceiling. Because their team yeah. outside of Bradley Bill and, and Porzingis is, is nothing but role players. I wouldn't even call them really high-quality starters because most of them, you know, their roster fillers. Um, they'd be they'd be a, they'd be like sixth or seventh man on most rosters, right? Okay. Um, and Bradley Bill, with his injury history as of recent, is not that person to carry a team. Uh, the same with Porzingis; he's just not that type of player. So you, you don't really have a star, and your team is just full of kind of eh, guys. It's just you know they can make the playoffs; they're good enough for that. But that's it. Okay, uh, let's move on to the, I know it's been a couple of weeks, the the uh, conference championship games in the NFL. Uh, 
what are your thoughts uh, with that? Um, let's focus on the performances in those games, and then we can talk about afterwards our predictions. I finally, get, finally told y'all Patrick Mahomes went when when ish before, and it finally got proven. Thank God, somebody finally gets to see he is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL, bar none. So freaking overrated. If he didn't have an OP tight end and an OP wide receiver, he would be ordinary. In all honesty, he would be Lamar Jackson. No, he wouldn't even. Nah, he nah, because Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback talent than he is. We won't get into that because Lamar Jackson's never had those, never had those weapons, and he gets to the same level without those weapons. But we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. Bar none. Joe Shiesty, uh, no New Orleans point intended, came through and did his thing. So we we uh we're 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 you're drinking the Kool Aid of the Bengals right now. Is, is that no, what I'm said? not. I mean, okay. L A should L A should win this game, but if if the Bengals somehow pull it off, I'm not going to be surprised. I mean, if you just look at the Bengals, I mean, look at the the Rams from top to bottom. In history's past, whoever has the better defense has won these has won the game. It's been the case in the playoffs. You look at the Rams between the Bucks, who had the better defense. The Rams they pulled it off. Like in the case of Kansas City and the Bengals, I told you, like offense only gets you so far. Defense wins championships. Who had the better defense within that game? The Bengals did, and they found a way to pull it off because they held Patrick Mahomes who is the second coming of Jesus to some of you people, to three points in the second half. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady would never. Anyway, going to tonight, uh, it's it's just plainly obvious. I think that the Blight Bengals luck finally runs out. Um, Aaron Donald has been here twice. He's not going to let this opportunity but, slip Before, before we get to tonight's game, I got, I got a question before we get to tonight's game. What happened with the Packers in this in, in their game with the Rams? What happened there? Not the Packers. I'm sorry, the Niners. The Niners. What happened to the Niners uh, in their game against the Rams? That they weren't what they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. That's that is that's fair. I mean, that's fair. They're just their luck just kind of ran out. I don't I don't fault them because I didn't think that even mm-hmm. be in a position to compete. Yeah, I so, mean, this team never was a, was a high-scoring team anyways, and going to get a strong defense and a strong offense, that's just kind of a recipe for failure. Um, they weren't going to outscore the Rams. They weren't going to do that. Um, and that so I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, somebody got a lot of flack from a former, you know, great quarterback of the 49ers, Jeff Garcia. Uh, he absolutely went in on Mina Kimes about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being a mediocre quarterback. And I'm like, okay, everybody's saying that he's a mediocre quarterback. Like, 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 and, and you were a mediocre quarterback too, Jeff. So what? Game recognizes game. <laughs> yes, so. But, but I mean, like, that's the first time he's ever taken a shot at me at times. And it's like, but that's probably, she's saying what literally every analyst in the NFL is saying right now, is that Jimmy Garoppolo is just basic. 
So it's like, that, that's a kind of weird battle to pick, but you know, but you know, whatever, that's just, that's just my thought. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you solo about uh, tonight. It should be the Rams, um, better defense. Um, at the end of the day, offenses are pretty even, but there's a lot more experience on the on the Rams offense. Um, but you know, if it comes down to a, a late drive by the by the Bengals, where they just have to get into you know field goal range for a kicker that can kick a 55 yard field goal. Then, oh yeah, then Joe Shiesty all day. Then, well, then, I, then I, I'll, I, but but if, if if that situation isn't there, I 100 Rams. Nah, I think I think this should be this game should be over midway through the third. Like I, I don't see there being it being a game in the fourth if the Rams do what they're supposed to do. I mean the defensive discrepancy is just too great. Like I'm I just I don't I don't see how you consistently beat that front four of the Rams on top of the secondary. Uh, uh, I love Jamar Chase. I really do. I think he's a great guy. There's no way in heck he beats Jalen Ramsey consistently today, especially when he struggled with. Uh, golly, what's the what was the cornerback's name last week? He struggled with him. I mean, not last week, but with the uh, the Chiefs. He struggled is it, with the is double it, team. Is it Matthew? Is it Tyron Matthew? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Not did, Tyron. Remember, Tyron Matthew plays. Tyron Matthew was doubling doubling him over the top. Oh with, right. Uh, yeah, but if he struggled with him. Good Lord Almighty. I, and like I said, I, I love Tyron Matthew. I really do. Like, I think he's the best safety in the league. One of the best coverages. I mean, best safeties that we're ever going to see. Uh, as much as I hate Jalen Ramsey, like, that, that that guy comes to play on everything. Um, so. true. Yep. So, I mean, as, as arrogant and as much as he pisses me off, I don't see a situation where. I just don't see where he where he wins that matchup. And I don't think they have enough firepower to get out of the hole that they were in last week against this defense if they take them seriously the whole time. I think the only recipe for the Bengals to walk away with the win is if it becomes a shootout type of game where exactly. no defense is, is played and it's just back and forth whose offense is better. But if it becomes a defensive battle, I mean... I just don't see how the Bengals as a team can can beat the Rams. And I'm saying, do you see? I'm just me just being honest. Do you see it becoming at like in all honesty? Like, do you do you see it becoming a defensive chess match? I I could see defensive from the Rams more than I see from the Bengals. Uh, I, I think I could see them trying to work a defensive battle because um, that's what happened with the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl. Um, didn't work out for them, but you know, uh, but they, they did. They, that's what they had last time, and they they were. I don't I don't know if it becomes a defensive battle if. Joe Burrow and that offense have enough to figure out that defense has scored enough points to beat the Rams. Um, that's 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 my thought process. That makes sense. Gotcha. 
but yeah. Uh, so I mean, that, that's pretty boring. We all are on the ramps for this one. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll get into some of the side stuff uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, what do we think about the lineup for halftime show? I will be eating, so I. Uh, I don't know. It'll be nice to see. Isn't uh, Kendrick Lamar performing at some point? He's one of the, the five that are going to be up there. Yeah. Dre, uh, Eminem, Mary J. Blige. Blige, yeah. I want to see Kendrick perform. Um, you know, I think the pro- it, it'll be nice. It'll be a change of pace in terms of the music selection. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't excite me or anything. What are your thoughts, Solo? I honestly think that it'll be, I think it'll be all right. I'm ready to find out what, like, this whole miniature deal is about. Like, everybody talking about, like, everybody got, like, these small um, little, what is it called? Like, the small little jerseys. Did y'all see that? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, okay, apparently, like, during the halftime show, like, you know, they gave, like, Peyton Manning and, like, Lamar Jackson and, like, some of these other NFL players, like Michael Strahan, like, small jerseys. And apparently, like, during the halftime show, it's supposed to get miniature. So, like, I just want to find out what that's about. Okay. What, uh, what was your, what's y'all's favorite halftime show? Oh, definitely Janet Jackson's boo popping out on national television. That that was awesome. The fact that I got to watch that and I was at my pastor's house when that happened, it was like, oh man, I got to see a big fat titty on the like the Man of God's TV. That was awesome. Oh, I knew you were gonna say that. Unfortunately, any yeah. true performance. Uh, that was a that was a true performance. What are you talking about? It was Justin Timberlake, and like he was getting it in. The titty was just a bonus. Yes. <laughs> right, do you agree, Lamar? I mean, yeah, I I can't debate that one. I think that's a unanimous number one. <laughs> it was Janet Jackson. It's Janet Jackson. We ain't talking about anybody. Janet Jackson. Who would you l- like to see perform? Oh, go ahead. What, what you got, Morris? I was going to say, um, I think historically, um, you two had an iconic. Yeah, you two. Um, halftime. Right, right after 9/11. Yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah. But what were you saying? Who would you guys like to see that we don't, we haven't seen? Let's get some trap artists in there. So like, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Kodak Black, uh, since he's already in LA getting shot, um, let's let's throw him out there. Uh, whoever else. I just, <laughs> it would be interesting to have like a combination of like a, a trap rapper and then like maybe a country and then a rock, you know. Like just Jason Al- Jason Aldean. Like Kodak a true Black. a true variety, like to 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 meet the the like the fa- interest the of all the fans because you 
like when you go just rock or just hip hop, you take away a portion of your audience, your fan base. Like you want to have something that you can, you can, that everybody can appreciate. Yeah. Who's somebody that we never want to see perform again at halftime? Madonna. <laughs> Madonna. Uh, that'll work. Um, <laughs> Black Eyed Peas. Hey, bro. Hey, no hey, offense. Hey, don't, no don't, offense. Don't, 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 don't do well I am now. You can they're, say they're past, but they're, they're past their prime. No offense. Uh, <laughs> what about Katy Perry? Yeah, he could throw her in there. Um. <laughs> okay. Morris, you mentioned eating during the halftime show. As far as as far as what should be the snack to have? Nachos, pizza, hot wings, uh, chili. What's 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 gotta be the go-to? Fried chicken. Jesus, way to be black. Um, <laughs> wow, wow! I didn't know fried I, chicken man was a stereotype. That's that's racist. Twenty twenty two, man. Expand your horizons. Oh man, I have a watermelon drink over here somewhere. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, my kid is not being influenced by either one of you guys. This is terrible. <laughs> I think at the very minimum, every Super Bowl party has to have some version of chips and dip. So whether it's nachos or chips and salsa or or whatever the case may be, you have to have that. What's, what's your dip of choice? What's what's got to be the, the chip, the, the dip that you have? I mean, nachos, queso, cheese dip. Got to be queso? Yeah. Okay. Um, but outside of that, as long as you're not being too healthy with it. Um, yeah, yeah if, if there's any green stuff that's not icing needs to be off the table. Yeah. Celery, carrots, we don't, we, we, that's, that's, that should not be included today. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big hot wings. You know, I'll, I'll knock out, you know, probably 20 hot wings during the game at least. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm doing just pizza and nachos mm -hmm. this year. But I'm not going anywhere, so I can't, I'm not doing a full spread. So. Uh, no, uh, no, nobody's coming over? No, I did that last night. I was, yeah. I need, to, I need to relax now. Not, not invite any of our uh, adoring fans over for, to to uh, to watch the game with you? We have fans? <laughs> we have like five, six of them, you know? Oh, okay. say, we have eight. A, nice, a nice, nice intimate party, you know? Right. <laughs> Shout out to the fans, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm actually going to be on another podcast in March. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, this woman that works at the counseling service, uh, friend of mine, she, uh, one of our, one of the uh, bridesmaids, she works at a counseling center in Savannah and her boss does a podcast on mental health and she knew that I did podcasts. So she was like, hey, can you come on and be one of the guests and talk about mental health? I'm like, Okay, sure. So, uh, I don't know how big her following is. Maybe we can get a couple, couple ads um, for me being on there. Assuming they like, like me, like me, like me speaking. 
you know, 50-50. Yeah, flip a coin. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there any other topics we, we wanted to discuss um, before we move on to Petty Moment of the Week? Uh, MLB sucks. I need to um, figure out this CBA deal. Yeah, they're, they're in lockout right now. Yeah, that's not good. But, I mean, um, that's kind of par for the course. Every decade you got off some sort of lockout at the MLB. I mean, it's. I feel like this one is at a point where we might actually lose the season or at least a significant wow. so, portion of it. So where where is the disagreements? Where is the, the shortcomings? Um, with pay for minor leaguers um contracts in general in the sense of um teams basically control young players for like 10 years um at a extremely low value you can't get paid yeah because like isn't it like if you if if a guy gets designated to the minors that before a certain point he doesn't he's still contracted he doesn't lose that contract here he's still got to be with the team like if he's got three years left on his contract and then he gets moved down before a certain date he's still got three years left on his contract after that season right so there's like a threshold of like mlb games that you have to play before that time starts ticking um and before your arbitration year starts collecting so what teams are doing is instead of actually playing their young guys they wait a certain period of time then bring them up um to keep them under team control consistently um and it's just i mean it would be different if these contracts weren't so long but the fact that like most of the contracts they keep you under lockdown for like 10 years yeah um, I mean, they're they're kind of their hands are tied, and then there's also some issues about revenue sharing. You know, MLB, even though I think fan wise hasn't been doing that great, they've been consistently making more money somehow, mm-hmm. but the players aren't getting a bigger cut. Right. So I mean, I mean, it's it's each there's multiple billion dollar franchise. I mean, all of our billion dollar franchises at this point. I mean, multi billion dollar franchises. You can. Yeah. It's not like they're starving for money. It's just a lot going on and I don't think they're they're seeing, you know, eye to eye right now. But they did announce uh Universal DH, so that's Yeah, I don't like that. I, I don't like that. I, okay, so I'm torn. I like it in the sense that now it's fair. Mm-hmm. a fair game because you know rosters are constructed differently it in the national be, league yeah. yeah so when you get to playoffs and, or mainly the world series you may have you know better hitters right or more hitters um on a seven game series and more than likely you i mean you don't need as many pitchers as you do in the nl in the playoffs right so it, it kind of benefits the al but I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also started doing uh, a lottery for the draft. So okay with the lottery, I'm not against yeah. that. It, it gets a little bit of parody. Um, I, 
I just think there's more pressing needs than University right. of right. No, no, I, no I, I agree with you. I, I mean, they're like, I'm not going to argue against those two things, but it's not like it's going to help the situation, you know, right. improve the situation before the season's supposed to start. So I always liked, um, I can't remember who said it, but someone brought up the idea of rather than the worst team of the league get the first draft pick, the first team out of the playoffs gets the first draft pick. Because that, that forces you to play the entire season. Right. You can't shut it down. You, you can, and it prevents situations where, it, where it's like, I, I guess it allows for more parity. Um, like, and thoughtfulness, like, oh, we're we're one in ten. Let's say, like, in the NFL, we're one in ten right now with six games to go. I mean, I guess we'll find a way to, to lose lose out and get the first draft pick, and that's it. There's no thought process there. Um, but it's like, all right, we gotta we gotta find a way to run the table to get a good draft pick. And you know, that's a completely different mindset there. Uh, but speaking of, I, I, I want to talk about this too. Speaking of intentionally losing games, um, reports that Brian Flores was tried to be coerced with money to lose more games. Um, one, do we believe that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, I don't know why you would put that out when he's already. Very unlikely for him to get a job. I don't know why he would put that out there. Just hit. and because it's going to just decrease the chances of getting jobs. So I don't know why he would put that out there unless it's actually true. Um, but this gets to a larger issue of uh, minority coaches in the NFL. Um, the situation was so bad that reportedly Byron Leftwich, who uh, was offered the Jags job and turned it down. Uh, because of the situation going on um, and the class action lawsuit that Brian Flores is bringing towards the NFL. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts with this situation here? Um, what can be done to fix it reasonably? Uh, I mean, there's plenty of things that could be done, but it's not exactly a likely or probable uh, solution. I think this goes back to another um video that i was watching and how we can all identify issues in the you know in the process of hiring or whatever the case may be but you can't legislate morality you can't legislate um being kind or being accepting of others that's that's something that has to be changed within somebody's mindset within their heart so it's it's going to be hard um for anything to change outside of having you know minorities own teams and how often do you see ownership between teams change and especially how often does it change outside of families or certain circles so Yes, he could file this lawsuit 
will he probably win? I don't know. Um, but I just don't see how the NFL in itself can actively do anything because we saw what the little rule where you have to interview a certain number the Rudy, or whatever. The Rudy rule, yeah. Yeah. Unless you, you hide from within. Right. So we see how that's working. I mean, um, it's just same same problems just in a, a different format so i mean i don't know how much this would help um but one of the things that is standing in the way of hiring more minority candidates is that coach they they, they seem to just want to hire guys that were recently head coaches like doug peterson just got hired uh I think one thing, one rule that I have to put in, if you you aren't hiring a minority candidate, the person you are hiring cannot have been a coach, a head coach in the NFL in the past five years. Mm. I mean, I feel like that would be oh, too okay. specific. I don't think anybody would like it, but I mean, I think that would be more effective than the Rooney rule. I don't know. I don't think that's the solution to this particular problem. I think that would fix um, just the repeat hires of you know the same cycle of coaches. Um, but you still have to figure out how to get more, um, like more Lovey Smith hires, right. or like uh, <laughs> not. You hire Brian Flores, but you fire him even though he didn't do yeah. a bad job. Like you, you still have to fix that sort of issue, um, or you keep coaches for so long that you don't want to switch um, to someone else. The fact that Eric Bieniemy can't find a job, yeah, is that's you know. ridiculous. The fact that Brian Flores didn't get the Giants job, I thought that would have been a perfect spot for him to take over. He should have been hired there. Um, or hired anywhere that he, he interviewed at. The fact that he couldn't get a job was was just, you know, it was clear and obvious that what that this what was going on uh, for no reason at all. No legitimate reason, at least. What are your thoughts, Solomon? Uh, I mean, because Lamar's pretty much said everything uh, that's pretty much true. You can't change what people do in their hearts. It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of it's really hard next to impossible. So, I mean, until you can change the people, I don't know what you do. Like, unless you do something like super drastic, like, hey, like right now, force the, the Denver Broncos to be sold to like uh, someone of, of color. You know, like force that sale to happen. It has to be with somebody of color. Like, I mean, the family's still gonna like they get. They just want the money, right? Like, force the team to be sold by. You know, if you can get a person of color to buy the team for the two billion that it's worth, like, there you go. Yeah, I mean, until you, until you don't have 70, 80 year old white men owning teams, this isn't gonna change. I mean, that's just the reality, unfortunately. And unless they do stuff like. What was his name with the Clippers? Mm-hmm. I can't remember wow. him. Unless you see, you can't force them out. That's the only thing that you, you can't, that you have to have show cause before you can 
get rid of an owner. I think they sometimes they like the NBA is different because it's like it's more it's more streamlined to like hip hop culture and like right. it's more individualized and stuff like that. Like the NFL is like it's dang near like the MLB. Like I mean, you can't you can't have a personality and play football professionally. Like you just can't. So I, I guess I think that's what makes it so hard because well, I mean like, I, it's it's definitely old money versus new money. You know, kind of the not necessarily like in the true sense, but of the philosophy. Like the philosophy, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I feel like that's the only way it's going to change. Just like if, if like if if it won't start with like the the coaches, like you got to start with the players. Like, because I guarantee you, if you allow the players to be more individualized, it's like and you fight yeah. for that on that front. Yeah. Like, no, it's not going to change overnight, but like it'll change because it's like. Now you're going to want to see like those personalities in those positions of power, like you know. So, yeah. or we could just wait another thirty years, like, and then we'll be in our what our mid forties or fifties. We'll be in our fifties you know, by then, man. We're, we're yeah, old now. Then, we'll be late. Yeah, we'll be man. almost sixty years old at that point. Hey, dang, bro! Don't say that out loud, dog. I know. I'm still t- I'm still sixteen. <laughs> I'm still sixteen in other people's eyes. Yeah, you sixteen until you slip on the court and smack and slap your back on the on the on the ground. Then you realize you're not sixteen anymore. No, that is too. That hurt like a mother trucker. I was like, oh my god, like what happened? You had to sit there for a second. You're like, you couldn't bounce up. You were just like, okay, let me collect myself for a second. <laughs> that happened to me. I, I, I slipped down the stairs on the car. I slipped down and just slapped my my back right on like the jut outs of the steps, just multiple times, just bang, bang, bang. And I just, I sat there for about a minute and I'm like, I'm not getting up right now. <laughs> that was the first like real moment. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a teenager anymore. That was, that was the real moment right there. <laughs> All right, uh, unless there's anything else, we can move on to petty moment of the week. Uh, the petty moment of the week for me right now uh, is like I'm on Twitter right now and apparently during the game last night uh, uh, between the Lakers and the Warriors, uh, Gary Payton the second got a handful of LeBron's penis multiple times and he yelled at the ref to say, hey, bro, get off my dick, yo. And the ref is just staring at like I'm, I'm watching it right now. The ref is just staring at it. Like he's got like a handful of penis. And like the ref is so, just like staring at it. That's so nice. So why are you watching a grown man grab another grown man's lower body parts? The same reason, the same reason why. The same reason why you buy a bunch of candles. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> okay, what's your, what's your petty moment, Morris? <laughs> that right there. <laughs> oh man, uh, no, mine. Uh, what's his name? A trash player in Patrick Beverly calling out another trash player in in Russell uh, Westbrook for doing absolutely nothing on the court all year. Um, so, in light of like, I guess the recent trade rumors. Patrick Beverly tweeted out um, something along the lines of, y'all caught me out for running around and doing nothing last year. Look at your boy now. Um, he's a real magician. <laughs> yeah, he's a real magician. Um, 
But yeah, they do the same thing somewhat. They Rush literally just, are the they're the exact same player. Like Rush just got the opportunity to score out of college, and Patrick Beverly didn't because he went to a loaded Heat team. All right, uh, mine comes from head coach down where uh, where where Solo used to live, uh, his crosstown rival. Uh, head coach uh. said. I try to avoid a- attacking coaches on social media, but some of you cats who are quoting Bible scriptures on Twitter in the morning and out recruiting other coaches' players in the afternoon are just asking for it. Hey, tell them, uh, tell them, tell them, welcome to high school sports. And uh, that's happened in Brunswick since I've been alive. So, yeah, he's definitely, but he definitely can't say anything. That is the, that school, never mind. We're not going to get started on that. Uh, final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that sounds like something that you would say, though. So that sounded like something you would you would use your final thoughts to say. And you were you weren't you were talking about somebody yourself. You weren't quoting somebody. Well, that's the point. Why, why should I quote you when I know exactly who I, who you are? That's the point. But yeah, you know, I, I digress. Yeah. All right, uh, go ahead with your final thoughts, Solo. Uh, my final thoughts is, and I, and I know Ramos will get this, okay? I, I get that we only live once, but we have to have some form of morality. So if you F up in life. Jesus. <laughs> if you F up in life, you F up in life. Okay, it's best to go ahead and tell individuals that are close to you that you effed up because I promise you that if they find out from others, it's it's bad, you know. Not saying that, you know, it would ever come from me because that's not that's none of my business, but I just know. <laughs> I, I don't I don't snitch unless it's dry. Uh, but I just know that if it were me <laughs> and something and something happened to me and I found out late, going to jail for homicide. That's all I'ma say. You know. That's my final thought. JT, what's your final thought? <laughs> my final thoughts is a shout out to our man Kenny Moore for being a finalist for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. He should have won it, but that's a, another story for another day. And shout out to a coach that I used to work work for uh, when I was a graduate assistant, Coach Darbo, for being announced as the next O-line coach at Western Carolina under Kerwin Bell, who won the last national championship for the Valdosta State Blazers, and pretty much his entire, most of his staff is, about half of his staff is guys that were with us, were with us in that, my last year at, uh, my last year at BSU. So uh, shout out to all those guys for BSU North. Uh, go ahead and bring home a championship. Uh, shout out to the first black coach in VSU history. Go ahead. It's basically a BC, uh, 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 HBCU anyway. And also, uh, quick shout out 
um, to uh, the Fairhope High School basketball program. First of all, to the girls' first area title ever in like school history. Shouts out to y'all, and then shouts out to the boys. Uh, we three peating out here like Kobe and Shaq and they prime. Uh, yep, LeBron could never. <laughs> Hey, yo, you're going to get me in so much trouble. All right, this has been off the cuff. Talk to y'all later. Goodbye. Dang, I didn't even get my final thoughts. Go, go ahead. You go. No, no we're, it's all good. We're, we're just going to cut it right here. <laughs>